0: Pod script. Donde esta la pod script? Female, feminine pod script? I don't know. I just went with it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis, and I'm Jamie Hill. Hi,
1: listeners. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, honey. People, yeah. I am duty bound to tell you what's that? I made it sound so exciting. It's not exciting at all. I'm just going to the next part of script
0: <laughs> later. in the <laughs> But that was really sex. exciting, yeah.
1: right? Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about the idea of re-entering society. Part two, that's kind of a jumping off point. It's not really exactly about that, but Shannon's got wow. this whole rabbit hole. She's going to lead us down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, as soon as we hit stop on last week's recording for the podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many more thoughts. So many L- more ideas. Literally,
1: I was like 10 seconds into starting the edit. She's like, oh my God, I have so many more ideas. I'm like, should we start recording again? No,
0: no. And I'm glad that we didn't because like... this as it happened, there were lots of other things that came across our radar this week that like fed into the thoughts that I had immediately after last week's podcast. It's really true. It's just like lots of, it's a web of ideas. I just want to like talk it out with you. Great. That's what we're going to do. Very excited. Yeah. But before we do that, people. Yeah.
1: I'm making it sound exciting again. Uh It's not exciting. It's the same old thing as every week. (laughs) I just want (laughs) to let everyone know that Misfit Stars is how our people support the work that we do.
0: Hey, that's exciting. It's exciting for around? us
1: because we're the ones who are getting supported. And, like, I know it sounds self-serving, but also we need to tell you about this because, like, literally, people supporting us in an abstract way is how Shannon and I do all the things that we do in the world. Mm. Not just this podcast, also all of the music that we make and then give away to people for free. Also, all of the mentorship that I'm able to do with other up-and-coming uh, artists, producers, mm-hmm. Uh it's just all really good stuff, we think. And mm-hmm. if you think that too, please just pitch in. That would be wonderful. The way to do that is to go to misfitstars.com slash support. Also,
2: mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. want
1: to let you know that when you join Misfit Stars, we invite you to our private social network. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. You can be part of the anti-racist book and movie club that we're doing in there. If we'll you want We'll yeah. talk more about that later. Totally. Uh, so good. Uh, if you want to join that, just go to misfitstars.com slash join. There's multiple ways to support the work that we do. You can go to misfitstars.com/support/join. It's really basically the same thing. <laughs> but don't but don't tell
0: anybody. For sure not. It's don't. really however you want to see yourself. Are you a supporter or a joiner? Yeah. You can just choose your own adventure, but look, it takes you to the same destination.
1: Like I'm not that much of a joiner. You know what I mean? So I'd I'd probably go to slash support. Yeah, there you go. But the joke would be on me because I'd end up in the same place. Well,
0: you know, there's a a metaphor in that, I think.
1: Yeah, (laughs) there's something. The metaphor is, Jamie's an idiot.
0: No, the metaphor is, this is the metaphor, that there are many paths and yet we find ourselves often at the same destination.
1: I love it. That's the metaphor. That's wonderful. Also... That's kind of bad because you're trying to do something different. you have such a different no. intentionality but the stupid amusement park just puts you right back at the end of the same stupid line anyway. No,
0: but what if the thing at the end of the of the end of the line is is actually really good? It's not a stupid amusement park, right it's it's like you know it's 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 self-actualization.
1: I feel like P.T. Barnum has the sign up that says, this way to the egress. And you walk through the door and you're just in an alley. No, Because egress means exit. You're
0: just not. Oh, that's right, it does. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, (laughs) we each have our own path, but hopefully we each get to a place where we're like... Fulfilled and actualized. And, I hope so. Yeah, but, we, but we're going to take place, different paths. I
1: also hope that place isn't the same as every other person's place.
0: Well, no, but the, but it's the journey that matters, Jamie.
1: <laughs> it's the link that matters, not the page it takes you to. That's what I'm
0: saying. slash join or slash/support, whatever yeah. floats your boat. That's it. Jamie doesn't want to hear any more about my philosophical metaphors. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on.
1: All right, announcements.
0: I don't have any. Do you have any? Well you going to do the song or what? Well, if I don't have any announcements, I'm not going to do the song.
1: Well, you still have to do the section heading. Why? That's a good point. We don't have any announcements, people, which we feel is appropriate for a cooling off period, oh, which we're in. Nice. We're just kind of trying to take things a little bit slower, post our massive work push that we were telling you about for the last 15 that's, months or so. So we no announcements. Yeah. And no and that's song. That's good.
0: That's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you
1: feeling? You know pretty good uh-huh. uh, sleep's been weird this week uh, and that's been coloring my days today's one of those days again for me but it's okay mm-hmm. um, I don't know everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of work and when I'm doing the work I want to be doing working in my studio I'm happy you and I have also just been having to deal with a little bit of bullshit not anything bad but it's just been really annoying just trying to figure out a potential new work situation that may or may not be a good fit and we're not sure and it's just uncomfortable and dumb so there's also that and I was annoyed by that earlier today but mm. I'm kind of over about 100% as you might be able to tell from me ranting right now yeah a little
0: rant uh-huh. um,
1: but it's okay ranting is how you get things off your chest And why not do it on a microphone? Why not, really? Why not? So, uh, generally speaking, though, big picture, I'm feeling good. Uh, I just am loving that we have a more flexible schedule lately. Mm -hmm. That feels really healthy and Mm -hmm. good. Uh, I have been doing some work, but I've also been doing a really good job of kind of knocking off some nights at midnight so we can watch a movie together. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Although lately you've just had a book and you've been nosing that. So I've been like, I'll just work till two Shannon's in her book that's and that's right. great.
0: Well you can you can knock off whenever you want. I know, but I like yeah. doing
1: music. It's good. So you know great. So like,
0: you're like generally okay. No, I'm great. Yeah, okay.
1: totally. And I've been I've been really, really productive. I've been getting a lot of work done, mm-hmm. which and I just ha- I had some work lingering on my plate. I won't be able to fully relax, ease into relaxation until all that that's done. And totally decompressed yeah. until it's all done. So I'm just trying to get it done. Yeah. And I got a lot done this week. Awesome. So that feels really good. good. How are you feeling?
0: I feel good. You know, that same situation that you were ranting about a minute ago and which you described as being a, a bullshit situation. <laughs> to me, I, 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 like, I feel like it's a, a problem to be solved, but it's not, it's not like affecting me maybe as emotionally, like which, which feels good. And this is, this is a, a larger way of saying that like, I feel good about the fact that, yes, this seems like a bit of a problem to solve, but that also we have the tools to solve it. Mm. You know, like we can decide what what information we need to make the best decisions for ourselves and move forward. Like I feel I feel good about that. I feel well, that's good. confident, you know? And so that's, that, that feels good. Yeah, um, I don't feel as confident not- as
1: you because for me, the thing undergirding all of it relies on my technical assessment of a piece of technology that looks too good to be true. And it's really, really difficult no, to assess it. that. You know what I, I mean?
0: I get it. And yeah. I, I know I know I know where you're coming from. Um, I just it, I feel like there's a lot on my
1: shoulders and I can't I don't have all the pieces and that's stressful.
0: Okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, but I'm glad
1: that you feel unburdened and that's good cuz it means I'm taking more of the burden and well, I'm happy to do it.
0: It's not that I feel unburdened. I feel like, you know, but I feel like I can I feel confident in our ability to work through it. Yeah. So I yes, it's not resolved. I don't feel resolved. Mm-hmm. I don't feel, you know, If that all we're talking very vaguely, but that yeah, I feel okay about it. This good. Is, like it's 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 a challenge, but it's not doesn't feel un- insurmountable to me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and people, if we ever figure this thing out, and it becomes <laughs> appropriate to tell you what it is we're trying to figure <laughs> out, we'll let you know.
0: We will. Um, this is
1: not that time.
0: Not yet. But otherwise, besides that, um, I, I generally feel good. You know, I feel, I feel really grateful for this time. Uh, you know, I've had a chance to, to do some relaxing this week, um, mm-hmm. but also I've had the opportunity to have some really meaningful interactions and conversations with people. And so just, I, you know, it feels, I feel good. That's
1: great. Yeah. And I will add to that, actually, now that you mention it, mm-hmm. that I've had, I've been taking advantage of the free time that I have to be on the phone a bit. Like I've, I've been trying intentionally to talk on the phone with a friend uh about once a day.
0: Oh, good. Which has been uh-huh.
1: really, really nice. It's yeah. something I just didn't feel like I had time to do for, or just emotional space to do mm-hmm. for a really long time. And now I'm just like, just calling people and saying hi. That's
0: so great. It's I love wonderful.
1: It. Yeah. Cool. And not just like, Family who I'm sort of obligated to. Like, you know, if you can only make two calls, it's, well, it's your sister to call you. and to your parents.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, but That's now great. I'm like
1: calling friends. It's actually good.
0: Good. Well, let's fire up the good news machine. Well, let's do. Do you have any good news?
1: I've got some good news. What I actually it? have two pieces of related good news. What? So the Senate is doing a... Uh, they're doing some confirmations of nominations to various positions. That's what happens when you have a new president, right? right? yeah. Uh-huh. There were not, there's not one but two this week that, to me, were really good news. The Senate confirmed uh, the country's first ever Muslim-American judge, um, a Pakistani-American uh, Like a person. federal judge, right? Is that what- federal district court in New Jersey, okay. specifically. Yeah. Yeah, and that's amazing. Uh, he's the first ever Muslim-American judge. He's also the first ever... Uh, Asian American and/or Pacific Islander judge confirmed to federal district court. I believe, if memory serves. Okay. It's really nifty. That's that great. That is
0: such good news, and also, what the heck? It took us this long to get there?
1: What's only th- only mean- four centuries. There's been Muslim Americans since you know, like the uh, you know 1600s, but you know, so we're a little slow in the uptake. Ay, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. But let's I it's guess terrible. focus on but the good. Remember, this is not the bad news. It's machine, It's the good Jana. news machine. It's a good news machine. Yeah. And okay. the good the good news is, well. Uh, I was trying to think of a good way to spin that, but there's no good way to spin that. It's just terrible.
0: <laughs> well, we're heading in the right direction. That's maybe? it. Okay, yeah. what's the other one?
1: The other one is totally related, which is that the Senate also confirmed Katanji Brown-Jackson to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Awesome. And she is just a, a badass. Mm-hmm. She's also pretty likely going to be the next Democratic nomination to the Supreme Court. And the D.C. Circuit Court of uh, D.C. Court of Appeals is the stepping stone position. Often. It's one of the classic ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well,
0: and I think that um, it's not like a for sure thing, nope. but like Biden has said that he, w- when he gets a chance to nominate a new Supreme Court justice, that he wants it to be a black woman. Yes. And Ketanji Brown-Jackson is a black woman. Yeah. And she's going to be on that place that is often a stepping stone to the Supreme Court. So yeah.
1: awesome. I know. It all just looks kind of good. And honestly, even if she just stays in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Oh, a huge. That's great. Huge. Yeah, no, yeah. she's a total badass uh, just on the merits, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Above and beyond her being a black woman, which is great because we need way, way, way more representation. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but above and beyond any of that kind of thing, just on the merits of like whether is she, whether she's a good like lawyer or not, she's great. She's yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, so I think it'll be really good, and I'm pretty stoked about both those things. Very cool. How about you? What's in your good news machine?
0: Well, I wrote down uh, the good news- News that came, I think, yesterday that um, the makers of uh, the, the Novavax people that were making a, a new vaccine mm-hmm. for COVID 19 said that their vaccine has an effective rate of 90%. Yes. Which is great. Um, I Even think, higher for variants. Is it's it 93% really? for variants. That's amazing. That's ah, yeah, really good news. That's really good news. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, the United States has secured the number of vaccines that we need with the ones that have existed already or that had clearance already. Yep. Um, and so what this means is that the Novavax vaccines might be able to be distributed to countries where... There is more need for vaccines yes. than we have here, which is great. And speaking of that, uh, the the G seven that's the the meeting of like the seven biggest economies. Uh, well, the seven biggest democratic eccom- economies in yes. the world, right? Yeah, like China's not there. China's not there. They're a huge economy, but they're not a democratic nation. So the seven biggest uh, d- democracies mm-hmm. um, in in the world gathered, their leaders gathered, the G7 is what it's called. And they committed that as a group, they're going to, they had already made a commitment of a certain number of vaccines before, but now they've added a billion doses mm-hmm. of uh, of COVID-19 vaccines to go to um, countries, poorer countries that can't afford to buy them like we are able to. Yeah. So that's great. Because this pandemic- Or that don't
1: have manufacturing facilities of their own, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, right. I, th- I, th- I don't think there's any, Manufacturing of vaccines maybe in the entirety of Sub-Saharan Africa. You know what I mean? Like right. they have to bring them in from somewhere.
0: Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, that. Yeah. I think I, that's right. I. I, I don't know don't how many on that one, vaccine manufacturing sites there are, but I imagine that most of the vaccines have to be sh- manufactured and then shipped to wherever they need yeah. to go. But it's more of an know, industrialized nation thing. Right. Right. Maybe so. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's easy since since here in the United States. Uh, there are we're, we're getting closer to the, the goal of having 70% of adults vaccinated by July 4th. That was like the goal, right? Yeah, the, the Biden we probably won't that.
1: make it, but we're, we're inching our way toward we're it. We're
0: getting there. And, and some states that have... Um, Higher vaccine rates, like are beginning to open up in a safe way, Mm -hmm. you know, because they've got a high vaccine. There've been states that have been "quote unquote" open for quite a long time, even before vaccines were rolled out. They've
1: just been killing people,
0: right? But and yeah, like the fact the the fact of the matter is that the the virus is raging in unvaccinated populations,
1: worse than ever. It's literally worse than since the beginning of the pandemic,
0: right? Yeah, but given that. You know, there are a bunch of us who are getting vaccinated, and states, you know, are able to start opening up um, in safe ways because of the high percentage of vaccinated people. It's beginning to feel like the pandemic is is sliding into past tense here, you know,
1: yeah, there's two worlds, yeah,
0: but there's 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 multiple worlds here. there's there's the world within the there's two worlds within the United States, right? There's the vaccinated population for whom the mm-hmm. pandemic is largely. Sledding into past tense yep. and the unvaccinated population it is not like oh.
1: holy moly and then there's the whole rest of the world exactly I was just chatting with our friend uh our friend Paulo, uh, the one who did that amazing remix. Oh, he
0: was one of our remix artists. Yeah, he was. Anna?
1: He did uh, track two on the remix record, which by the way, people, if you want to hear it, just go to uh, misfitstars.com remix album and you can just listen to this there for free go. on Bandcamp. Cool. Uh, so Paulo did uh, track two. He did an amazing job and we're just, we'd become friends through music. Yeah. Never met him in person. He lives in Brazil. We live here. You yeah. Know? It's so cool. So
0: what's his assessment? So of-
1: he was so excited to tell me uh, yesterday that he got scheduled to get his first shot. It'll be between June twenty. 23rd and 29th because this is when they're starting in their country. Wow, yeah. How wild is that? Brazil has one of the most developed uh, like federalized health infrastructures, public health infrastructures in the entire world. Mm. Like they have this amazing sort of socialized health kind of situation happening. But because of Bolsonaro-
2: Oh, and his obstructionist
1: right wing ways like you know he was he was like the mini Trump down there so he just spent last year basically being in total denial Denying about it. it it's not a thing at all we don't need to do anything about this Right. came late to the party and now his right. country just hopelessly behind like if he had not been obstructing progress on this thing they could all be completely vaccinated because their public health infrastructure is so great Right. all that stuff that they had to figure out how to build out here like how to get vaccines mm. into arms in rural places mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff they had to figure out on the fly they just have that taken care of there mm-hmm. already they have the mm-hmm. infrastructure all they had to do is like plug the solution into it and they're just hopelessly behind it was wild when he told me like you kind of imagine brazil another like leading like sort of industrialized nation big huge westernized nation you would imagine they would be also close to 70 percent. they're like more like five percent.
0: Well, and I mean, even Canada is a really low percentage of vaccinated people, too, oh right? God. Like, and, and they've a, got a really well developed uh, public health system as well. I have a but friend. Their, their buying, their purchasing power for the for getting the vaccines, I think, was was stunted. Is that what it was there?
1: Well, and also just the rollout has just been plagued by bureaucracies, and also like a bunch of right wingers in parliament, like really just screwing it up. Mm. Um, and localized too; it's not just like it's not just in parliament. It's also like in each. Province, mm-hmm. You know, there's, mm-hmm. they have big, it's just like the states here that we have, you know. Right, they're provinces. And so, yeah, and so the people who manage your provinces, which is kind of like, you know, the state government in our states, right. can mm-hmm. really change the experience like it is here. Oh, you know what sure. I mean? Like Washington is amazing, Mississippi, not so great, you know. Right. And so uh, but I've got a friend who I was just talking with this week who lives in Canada, our, our friend Kat. She lives in Toronto, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which is like a bustling world-class city. And she described their uh, vaccine situation there as the Hunger Games. Whoa. And she says that's what people are calling it in Canada. Oh my gosh! Because of the like the like lack of availability and the like fierce, sometimes bloody competition oh to get goodness. doses. It's just wild. Well,
0: and this is what I mean when I say, you know, it's easy to start, it's easy in a lot of parts of the United States to start talking about the pandemic as sliding into <laughs> past tense. And it, the, the fact of the matter is that as long as, a pandemic means that it's a global situation, yeah. right? It's defined by the global nature of it. And yeah. as long as the virus is continuing to spread in, Globally, the pandemic is not over. And
1: they'll just keep making variants. It'll get re imported to our country and some of them will evade our vaccines. Oh. And, then and then we're back at square one.
0: Right. So, like, the point is, like, the faster we can get the world vaccinated, the better it will be for all of us. Yeah. But that's what that, going back to the good news part of the <laughs> my good news is the fact of the G7 committing to uh, to donating a billion doses It'll to help. countries. It will help in that effort. Um, we, we need a lot more of that effort, but it's a starting place and we'll celebrate Total it. Total
1: so. cool side. Note about the Novavax vaccine. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's a protein based vaccine. Okay. They're growing the protein in moths.
0: Oh, whoa.
1: I know. Science is cool. That's not the noun you expected there. No. I bet you thought I was going to say like Petri dishes or something.
0: Well, they often use eggs mm-hmm. to, to grow vaccines. Yep. Or parts of proteins for vaccines. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. Interesting. Well, good news. Hooray. Love ooh, it. Ooh. Um, so this next, this is the next section where we talk about like what we did this last week, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm, I'm in search of a good like, uh, title heading for this section cuz like we don't have a catchy one. We've got the True. good news machine. We've yep. got you know we got other things. This is it just it's in need and so I, you know I'm I'm tossing around some ideas like what you've been up to or like hmm. or 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 what You're what do clearly we have to, thinking of this on the fly what right we, now? No aren't no no. No I had an idea. What uh what we have to write home about. That isn't it's not catchy no, that's though. Not good. No. Cuz yeah. I'm mean, like we talk about stuff we've been doing with the last week but like Obviously, we do a lot of stuff that we don't talk about on the podcast. We're talking about the most meaningful stuff, so I'm trying to like or
1: noteworthy or whatever. Yeah, yeah like right. you
0: don't, you're not interested in what I had for dinner. Listeners, yesterday. if you have any
1: ideas, please don't tell us. We don't want to know. <laughs> we'll think of it on our own. Thanks.
0: Anyway. Uh, what have we been up to this last week?
1: Oh, man, you know, we did some stuff. We had our first anti-racist book and movie club meeting. Oh, man,
0: that's right. The inaugural event uh, for the Misfit Stars Anti-Racist Book and Movie Club. Um, it was as it was a small group of, lots of people expressed interest, but the first group that actually showed up for discussion mm-hmm. was a smaller group, and it was wonderful, though. I, oh, like, gosh. It was exactly, exactly what I, all I hoped and wanted. We discussed, uh, we all watched in advance the film, um, I Am Not Your Negro, which is based on the writings of James Baldwin and specifically about his book proposal he had written to, uh, which was would, would have been his final book had he not passed away before he wrote it, uh, but this this final book proposal where he was going to examine the state of American civil liberties, uh, or, or not civil liberties, the, the state of American civil rights is what I meant to say, mm-hmm. through the lives of his friends, uh, Medgar Evers, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, mm-hmm. all of whom were murdered yeah. because of their work on in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, it is such a powerful film. We all watched it in advance. I know a couple people watched it a couple of times before yeah. our discussion. Uh, folks Took notes a with, little bit. Yeah, and so we came together to discuss that and it was such a rich and Wonderful discussion. Like I, I, I told this to the group on Sunday on in the Zoom call. Like this, this kind of talk is like my apex experience as a human. Like I just love meeting with other people who are passionate about things like this, who want to dig deep and figure out how how to learn and unlearn the things that need unlearning and mm-hmm. like grow and be better. Like uh, it was. It this was is
1: extremely such, your shit. It is
0: extremely my stuff. Yes, it's extremely me. Uh, but it was. But it was so. It was a wonderful time and. Yeah. Well, great. But, you know, it's it's really neat to be able to do this uh, this book and movie club within the context of the Misfit Stars community. Yeah, you know, it's it's not open to just whomever. It is only for people who are in the Misfit Stars community, and the reason, well, I mean, one of the reasons for that for me is that you know the the people who are going to show up to these discussions are already folks who have said yes, I am part of this community. Yes. And so there's a certain like emotional buy-in, you know? That's right. Which I think lends lends to the experience of the discussion around a, a potentially very sensitive, touchy subject, subject like anti-racism. It lends to the experience just an, uh, an aura of, um, of just safety, and um, and everybody can show up knowing that everyone else has has that same level of emotional buy-in to yeah. the community,
1: and they're known quantities to one another. Also, they've each they they yeah. everyone's seen everyone else inside their trusted sort of safe group space, mm-hmm. our little social network yeah. area. There, it's not like some rando just appearing on screen who they've never seen before and they don't know. You know, they they might just like right. intuitively be a little like, I don't know what this person is. Are They cool? Are they not cool? Yeah. You know, we yeah. know that everyone on screen, they're cool.
0: Yeah, it's really neat. That's so it really was good. it was so good. And, you know, so if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I want to be part of the Anti-Racist Book and Movie Club, we would love to have you. Mm -hmm. And if you are already a supporting member of Misfit Stars, all you need to do is send one of us a message and we'll send you an invitation to the space within the Misfit Stars social network where we're organizing the the movie and book club.
1: And for everybody else, I would just say, if this doesn't sound like something you'd be into, absolutely do not go to misfitstars.com slash join.
0: (laughs) Right, uh, but if you're if you're not in the if you're not in if you're not yet in Misfit Stars, pardon me. Uh, but this sounds appealing to you. This is a this will be a good reason for you to get yourself into Misfit Stars. Yeah. Um. So do come join and let us know you want to join. Next month we're going to be uh, doing a book. Discussion. We're discussing an an anthology of writings by Black writers um, that was uh, assembled by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. It just came out like last month or so. It's called You Are Your Best Thing. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be really, really cool.
1: You know, they say you shouldn't judge a book by a cover. First of all, I disagree. But second of all, this book has a really nice cover.
0: It does. (laughs) It's true. It does. It's really So you can tell it's
1: going to be a good book.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, We, okay. So one of the other things that we did this last week, uh, which we have a, we set sort of this intention for our summer because we're not touring mm-hmm. again this summer because of COVID. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: also, it's fine. Also, it's it is fine. But because we're not touring and because we're going to be in Washington, and it is like the best state in the whole country, <laughs> in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we've been to, we've been to all of them. It's beautiful. A lot.
0: We've been to all of them, and then we picked to move here on purpose yeah. because it is a gorgeous state, and especially in the summertime, it is just. Absolutely beautiful, and there's so many corners of it that we have not yet gotten to explore precisely because normally we're on tour in the summertime. Mm. And last year (laughs) it was COVID, you know, raging everywhere, so we couldn't really go do as much either. This year the story is changing a bit, like things are a little bit more open. So we set this intention where we're gonna like aim for like once a week going on like a little mini adventure of some kind to go explore some part of our state. And I, I, we, we cooked up this idea like a couple months ago mm-hmm. and we broke the seal we totally like did our first one last week, and it was very small, but it felt good to get like once we did that first one, I'm like, oh, yeah, more of this place, And mm-hmm. we actually planned our next one, which is super fun, yeah, but uh, but I had discovered uh this um place just south of Olympia called the Mima Mounds, mm-hmm. and that's where we went to visit. It's like a prairie. it is a very rare. Uh, instance in the state of Washington have a, a like a grasslands, a prairie, like
1: there's- with no, no no trees really. Right. Because mostly it's just trees
0: here. <laughs> right, trees and mountains. But but these pra- prairie lands are pretty rare here. These are even more. That's rare. why they're called prairies. Oh, I see what you did there. That was terrible. That was really. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <Yeah. laughs> so no, these these are even more special because uh, there are there's this earth formation throughout this whole prairie where there the, the the earth the earth has mounds in it like and it's just these regular you know and it, it almost looks planned out it's so uh,
1: if you, if you've ever been downhill skiing it looks like moguls oh
0: yes it looks like moguls but
1: it's on flat land
0: that's a great description yeah Yeah, and they range from, like, a foot in height Mm -hmm. to, like, seven feet in height, and they're just mounds. They're They're about as
1: wide as your living room, you know what I mean? They're not big at all. They're, like, 13, 14 feet wide, and they're, like, Shannon said, from a foot tall to seven feet tall. So, like, you could just reach your hand up to the height of the tallest one. They're not that tall.
0: Yeah, but these are, like, like, hemispherical, you know, like, mounds. They're little bumps. And. And I read about it because apparently, when the wildflowers are like in full bloom, it's really cool and it looks like waves of wildflowers Mm -hmm. on these mounds, you know, as far as the eye can see. We missed the height of the wildflowers there, but there were still a few. But even so, it was so interesting walking around. Every mound kind of has its own little ecosystem. Like that mound over there, there's like, tons of ferns on it and the mound right next to it has like bluebells and the next one over has grasses but they all look individually so different. It was
1: really neat. Remarkable. Yeah.
0: It was very cool.
1: There's this, so no one really knows, like scientists still haven't figured out They've been like studying this for like 100 years, still haven't really figured out what caused them. There's yeah. theories, maybe it's glacial deposits, maybe it's this, maybe it's Maybe that. it's
0: erosion, maybe it's... Uh,
1: My favorite theory what? is that they are gophers and that every single mound is one gopher's fiefdom. <laughs> it strikes me <laughs> as being... There is a gopher theory. It strikes me as being far-fetched, but I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, it was. We were reading like the the signage, you know, that they have posted there about the different theories. And there's like seven different theories that people have explored, and mm-hmm. they can't. They they can't agree. They they don't know for sure. No one can prove it. I'm really disappointed, honestly, that one of the theories wasn't aliens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the fact that they didn't list the alien theory, it's like, what are mm-hmm. they hiding?
0: That's right. That's it's right. It's probably aliens. This is definitely Washington's Area 51. Fifty one? It. Yeah, it's 51, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Clearly, I'm not really up on Listen, my alien It'd be so uh, great if they were hiding like
1: little three-inch tall aliens <laughs> inside the mounds. They're actually like HQ. Ooh, I love but it. But they're all different headquarters. Yeah. Maybe it's competing alien races, but they're all like three inches tall.
0: Interesting.
1: And so these are actually like huge homes Maybe, to
0: maybe them. the Gophers are the aliens. <gasps> what?
1: Oh my gosh. We're really onto something we here. We really
0: are. Let's go add a homemade uh, eighth theory to the... Um, Board at the Mima Mountains I like display. It.
1: Man, all we really need to do is put this on YouTube and start our own conspiracy oh, theory. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, no. Mm. I'm going to be selling supplements before you know it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So, uh, what else? You started reading a book.
0: Yeah, okay, you all, this, I, I I. this is maybe the first, I think this is the first book I have opened to read in the year 2021,
1: I think that could be true. I can't recall another.:
0: I don't think there was because I, I, my energy has been so focused on the projects that we were working on uh, since the new year. And I mean I, and also, it was hard for me to read in the in the height of like shutdown pandemic time, too. Mm-hmm. like me too. I, I, I tried and I, I, I did some reading, but it was really hard for me to make space in my brain for stories. Like, I, like, my attention span wasn't that long. Yeah. So, that was really hard to do, and I... Are you burping? <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I I disguised it really well, and then you just call attention to it. So rude. So rude. I love it, though. Moving on. <laughs> so, I haven't had space in my brain for, yeah. for stories, and, I, yeah, it... it, it it, when we were working on the, the project, the 2020 101 project, um, I was consumed with that. You know, I would go to bed thinking about it, wake up thinking about it, and like reading is oftentimes something that I do before sleep. You know, and I just I didn't have the space in my spirit to take on another yeah. story. No, you know? same. And even right after we finished the project, we've been done since May twenty seventh was the last day. Not that we counting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even though we've been done for a couple weeks now. I, it still took me a little while to feel like I had the, where I could settle into that. Yeah. So I did, but I I it's really fun I am um, you on a whim, uh which was a great whim by the way, bought us a copy of the legal thriller, the latest legal thriller by Stacy Abrams, the like po- political activist Stacy Abrams from Georgia, the same one. She writes she writes legal thrillers and she's really good at it. Like, awesome. I'm loving this book. It's really fun. And like, I, I'm totally into it, totally into the story and the characters. And it's just like hard to put pretend. I will probably finish it today. You know, like, it's so great. And every once in a while, like, I'm into it and I'm turning pages. And every once in a while, I realize, or I remember, Stacey Abrams wrote this. Wow, that's so cool.
1: Like That's so cool. Like, how can someone it. be
0: so good at being a political activist like she is and also a great writer? <laughs> it's yeah, just pretty neat.
1: I mean, both your storytelling.
0: It's true. That's true. That's, yeah. a, that's a good point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What else have you been doing?
1: Uh, You know, doing work. And that's okay. Because when I finish it, I can properly check out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to get to book time too. But like you, I like to read books at kind of more protracted length. Like, I can do it if I need to, like reading 20 minutes, a couple chapters in bed before I turn out the light. But it doesn't feel like quality book time. It's mm-hmm. not how I want to do it. I, I want I mean. like I want to do what you've been doing. I want to sit on the couch for... Th- four hours, five hours, and, like, read. just read. Yeah. You know, I want to do that, too. And I'm just over having this work hanging over me. That's the other thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I could theoretically just, like, push off some of it, but then it would just always be at the back of my head, like a thing I still have to come back to and do. I know. And I
0: don't want that. I get it. From my observation, though, it does seem like you've been pretty excited to be doing this work. Well, it's also, too. I love what yeah. I do. Yeah. That's a thing,
1: like, I, I, I'm I very lucky to do for work what I would also be doing for fun mm. because I find what I do really, really fun. Like I'm yeah. working on great music with people I enjoy. Yeah. Like
0: what's not to like? Hey, this is a good preview for our upcoming conversation in the second half of this podcast. You don't even know it yet because I've got the notes to lead Ten. us to that conversation. But Yeah. Uh, and and uh, a couple nights you have knocked off your work early, and we've gotten to watch a movie. We wanted to, I wanted to mention one movie that we saw this last week, which is oh, so was, special. Like we watch movies, and they're not always recommendable.
1: No. <laughs> this sometimes we just watch some crap, people. So it's do you. So true. Don't be all like highfalutin <laughs> about it. You know that you just want to watch like something for Rebel Wilson. Well, so do we.
0: Well, that was fun. The Rebel Wilson movie was really yeah. fun. But the really great film that we saw this past week, um, the the main star is Annette Bening, um, and but who else? is L Fanning is in it and yep. Greta Gerwig. Yep.
1: And um, it's about those three female characters. Yes, and
0: it's called 20 20th, 20th Century Women. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'd never even heard of this film before, no. but we've like stumbled on it somehow we were doing a search for actors that we liked and we ended up on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was wonderful. I mean Oh my gosh. It's funny and deep and meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like it, it touches on so many Topics of like identity and place in the world, and oh, it was just, it was wonderful. Yeah. It takes place in the year 1979. And yep. so it's also got this nostalgic thing yeah. happening in Santa
1: Barbara, California. Mm-hmm. So it's got like the Santa Barbara vibe to, like that kind of up the coast from LA, mm-hmm. like beachy. And it was before Santa Barbara was like super bougie, like all of it, you know. Mm, and I, yeah. I still think there's a beach community vibe to it, but yeah. you know, it's definitely gotten a lot wealthier in the last 40
0: years. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it was so. If you're looking for a film. I would recommend searching out 20th century women. Annette Bening was absolutely fantastic. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, And she's, I'm not sure how old she is, but watching her on screen makes me so excited to become an older woman. Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, like I I, I watch her and I'm like, she's wonderful. If
1: you turn out half as cool and half as sexy as her (laughs) when you're her age, I'll be so stoked.
0: Forget the sexy part. What does that even mean? (laughs) Like she was, she was powerful. You know what I mean? Like that- Absolutely. Yeah, she was she was wonderful in it. So anyway, recommendation yeah. for you if you're looking for a movie. Yeah. Uh, should we take a short break and then okay. come back and get into? I, I have I have discussion planned for us. Wow, that's so great. I'm going to take us on a journey. I love it. We're going to end up at the same place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because everything is meaningless. So anyway, see you in <laughs> a sec after the break.
0: <laughs> we'll see you soon.
1: Take us on a conversational journey, huh?
0: Well, yeah, so there's just, there's stuff, yeah. As soon as we hit stop on last week's podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I could keep talking about this this topic. Remember last week we read the, uh, we mentioned the peace in the Atlantic. I'm the, not
1: scared to reenter society, I'm just not sure I want to.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. like toward the end of that conversation, we were talking about like the idea of like reentering society and what that looks like for a lot of people is just getting back to work, you know, and yeah. like the idea of, you know, of, of work as sort of an end, Mm-hmm. In and of itself, you know, and like generally an
1: end to someone else's means.
0: Well, yeah, and so I started to think about that. Like, well, if, if if we're if we're balking at this idea of like hard work for the sake of hard work, if that's not the point, then what is the point? Right. You know, so if we're if we're gonna say that that's not the point, this is an opportunity for us to evaluate. Well, what is the point? And I also had the thought, like, you know, if there isn't value merely in the sake of hard work for the sake of hard work or productivity for the sake of productivity. Then, how do we define value? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, how do we define the value of our work? Like, because like it's not like going to sit around and eat bonbons all the time, right? No. Like, and I'm sure that that's not what people want in general, but like, we do work for things. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Like, what is, what is, why well, do we do that?
1: Generally speaking, until we have, I think, a, a, a either a better sense of this or just the ability to make it happen. We just get a job so we have money to pay bills. And I think that like for me, when I was entering the workforce, Mm -hmm. that was the understanding. It wasn't supposed to be a passion. Indeed, I was very specifically Mm -hmm. told that like the Mm -hmm. thing I was passionate about, I I couldn't make money at and I shouldn't try. It was never suggested to me at all by by my parents or any of the sort of adult figures in my life that I could do music professionally, Right. you know? Turns out I can and I love it and I'm having a great time doing that. But, you know, I was just raised with the assumption that you just get a job to support yourself and you need and you need security. Like, I was raised by people who were raised by people who grew up in the Depression. Yeah. And that mentality trickled down, the idea that you have mm. to have a stable job and that maybe you would have the same job your entire mm. life from age... 18 or 21 if you were fortunate enough to go to college until 65 when you retired. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you could start exploring things you enjoyed and that brought you joy Mm. and fulfillment and made you feel like you were actually doing something meaningful in the world and leaving a part of yourself behind in the world so
0: you can't actually like pursue in that in that paradigm Mm -hmm. you can't actually pursue anything that has any meaning for you until you're
1: old no you just try to get a job that's stable not too onerous and that pays as much as possible so i got a job at wells fargo bank all Mm -hmm. through my and i worked there all through my 20s Mm -hmm. because that checked all of those boxes it was like a it was like a nine to five but really i could show up pretty close to 10. I could take a long (laughs) lunch and still leave not even quite at six. And you know what I mean? And I was getting paid a bunch of money for somebody who was in their mid-20s. I mean, you know what? I mean, these days now in San Francisco is is not that much money, but I was making like, you know, 70 grand when I was 25 years old. That was a shitload of money for a 25-year-old. At of that course, time, too. I was living as an alcoholic and drug addict, so I never saved any of it, had nothing to show for it, and right. went further into debt. That didn't necessarily need to be the way that worked out. That's right. just because I was screwing up.
0: Your own personal journey. <laughs>
1: I was on my own personal adventure there yeah. with work. Yeah, totally. Well, and also, I kind of feel like a lot of my personal adventures I was trying to find fulfillment in my life because I was getting precisely no fulfillment at work. Occasionally, I would find some sort of intellectual fulfillment. You know, who doesn't like being praised for a job well done? That would happen sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on who my manager was. Yeah. And sometimes the work was intellectual in nature. It was computery and kind of nerdy. And when I had the opportunity to dig deep on something and figure something technical out, mm-hmm. I enjoy that personally. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. not everyone does, but like that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. And so there were moments, there were glimmers in there, but it was never anything that I would have chosen to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was something think like there's lots of things that i'm good at but like that that aren't passions you know what i mean right i think that a lot of us have those things things that we happen to be good at but don't love right but we can do them and we can do them capably but do we love them no but does it pay the bills yes
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so to the question though if if the work itself the work that we that we have to do to survive because we do have to eat food and you know That kind of stuff does cost money in the way that we've organized our society.
1: We have to pay local governments (laughs) continuing fees for the right to live on land.
0: The taxes, (laughs) you mean? I mean, uh, yeah. There's
1: there's all kinds of weird shit when you start getting into it.
0: Yes yes but although, you're right
1: we have the societal constructs we have and let's yeah, just take those as stipulated they
0: are get, they're, they're not going anywhere anytime soon Yeah. so like if, if the work for the work's sake isn't like what what how do we define the value of our work if it's not just for the sake of work itself you know or if productivity isn't an end in itself just like I was productive like we we, we hold that up as being a, a value like oh you know very had a real, real productive day yeah. Check that box and good day because it was productive. Yeah. Well, what does that if if productivity itself is not all that,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> then like then what is the if productivity isn't the end itself what is the end you know like what are we how do we want this to look if it's not just for the sake of work 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 work.
1: I mean, I think that ideally it would look pretty close to where you and I have been so fortunate as to position ourselves. Yeah.
0: Let's. Like, yeah. W- Yes, you and I are very fortunate. We are an exception to the rule.
1: But that's a serious answer to your question. The idea that you would do work that you find personally meaningful and that you think also gives you a chance to do good things for other people in the world. Something Mm -hmm. with a service component, maybe. Mm -hmm. I know that that's not a value for everybody, but it's, you know, value that you and I share. And I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people get a lot of genuine satisfaction Mm -hmm. out of being of service to others,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean, mean, can every... Can a, can a society function with everybody doing that?
1: That's a great question. It's a
0: good question, right? Which honestly brings me to the next thing that sort of is the the rela- I, did, related did not, bit.
1: Did I not give you the answer you were hoping no, for in that last I, one?
0: I don't have a hope to, for answer at all. Okay. Like, but I I'm 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 really kind of more interested in asking the questions and okay. I, like giving ourselves some space to think about what this all means because Mm. the next bit of, uh, uh, the next thing that we sort of came across our radar this week that that related to this in my mind Mm
2: -hmm.
0: was that we can't talk about what work means in our society without also teasing apart how it's intertwined with class. Yeah, right. And this brings us to this wonderful piece that actually uh, Jennifer Henry, one of our Misfit Stars, shared within the Misfit Stars social network the other day. It was a New York Times uh, opinion piece written by Ezra Klein.
2: Yep.
0: And the thrust of the of the piece was, was about what the rich... And, and I would also add the middle class, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to see about poverty in America. Yeah. And if you've not read the article, uh, Jamie, will you link the article in yeah. the show notes? Because I think it's really worth a, your time to read. Um, it, doesn't, it didn't feel like new information for yeah. me personally, but it, it synthesized uh, some thoughts in a really precise and... Um, powerful way. Yeah.
1: It's uh, not an article, it's an opinion piece, but just to give it the right term, like nomenclature, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's right on.
0: Mhm. So there there was this one paragraph that to me seemed to to be a just really powerful thing to to meditate on. He says, "The American economy runs on poverty, or at least the constant threat of it. Mm-hmm. Americans like their goods cheap and their services plentiful, and the two of them together require a sprawling labor force willing to work tough jobs at crummy wages. On the right, the barest glimmer of worker power is treated as a policy emergency and the whip of poverty, not the lure of higher wages, is the appropriate response. Which, um, so just this, this idea, this got me thinking about this idea that like, for those of us who have the luxury and what you and I personally have, let, let's just be clear, it's the luxury uh, of meaningful give, work, of, yeah. of be, getting to do work that's meaningful to us. Yep. Um, and part of <laughs> part of our ability to indulge that luxury is that our society runs on people who work crummy jobs for crap wages yeah. that don't have any meaning for meaning for them at all.
1: Yeah, um, talking about like Uber Eats drivers and like Amazon warehouse people. Oh yeah, people who are just routinely exploited by a system too massive to comprehend.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that first of all, it's really essential that we all come to grips with that that a lot of the comfort in our lives is dependent upon this system that exploits people
1: to put it more directly a lot of the comfort in our lives comes at poor people's expense and is indeed the mm-hmm. reason they're poor
0: right right the reason the reason that a lot of our, the reason for a lot of our comfort is also the reason for a lot of people's poverty yes yeah which you know that's that is that is something to grapple with um you know, I, I, I couldn't escape that that paragraph that I read. I couldn't escape. I, I read this article a couple of hours <laughs> after our anti-racist book and movie club discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, in the film discussion, we were talking about the the roots of, you know, the inequality in America vis-a-vis race
2: mm-hmm.
0: obviously has its roots in slavery, mm-hmm. you know, and like... But,
1: and, the, and the reason for slavery was to steal people's labor to build wealth.
0: Exactly. So... There, was, there has always in America been a certain class of people whose wealth or comfort or whatever is built directly upon the, the poverty or the slavery of other humans, yeah. of other Americans. And at, that's a legacy we need to grapple with. And there's a direct line between the poverty of today and the slavery of 200 years well, ago. Well, and
1: also it's still going on if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, Because of the way in which our country's been set up, there's a huge correlation to this day between poor people and uh, you know black and brown people mm-hmm. like that's generally yeah, speaking who's poor in our country which means that this system is continuing
0: yeah yeah, yeah, Like absolutely. our
1: comfort is still being like right this very moment being executed upon the backs of and at the expense of black and brown people. Right. Because that's who's poor and that's who has these jobs.
0: Yes. And so this, this led me to this other sort of question for myself and this idea that like circling back to this, the myth of, of hard work being worth it just for the sake of hard work. Yeah. Like has that myth of the value of hard work just for the sake of hard work been perpetuated in America merely to uphold this class system? Yes, naturally. I mean like like that narrative that we tell ourselves that we all at some level on at some time has bought into Sure. that that hard, you know, that just productivity is the end like
1: well, the best lies have a kernel of truth, right? Mm, okay. And like, so does this one. Mm. Like, it is a lie that the be-all and end-all of, of you know a work existence is, is to be productive. Like, that's that's not true. But it is it is true that there is a satisfying feeling that can be had when you have had a productive day's work. Absolutely, it can feel really, really good. But to take it to take that any further, just than being an isolated experience that you can have and to extrapolate that it's a meaning for human existence from it, that's the lie.
0: Yes, and also that good feeling that you get on your own when you've done something productive and you feel personally good about it, ought not to be commodified by somebody who's in a higher position of hierarchy than you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like or preyed upon. Like, theoretically
1: like, you should be the one who profits from that. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, like that, it's 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 interesting to think about how our society is set up with that kind of structure where that that good feel that theoretical good feeling that you have sometimes when you've had a productive day's work, um, that somehow that that good feeling is turned into an imperative by someone who has more power than you who relies on your work to maintain their status or their comfort or their wealth. Yeah. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I feel like my brain is, and my, my brain hurts a little bit thinking about all this. Um, but I think that, that that one of the really important things that that I need to ask myself is how, I, I, like, I would consider us to be in the middle class, yeah. I think. I, I I think that's reasonable. We, I think we so. own a home, yeah, you know, like. It's I, amazing. But so, how do those of us in the middle class who who how, should rephrase this how to how do those of us who in the middle class perpetuate the hard work myth do we perpetuate that hard work myth for the sake of our own comfort too mm. like because we've already established that like we get to live this life because we get to ignore a lot of the ways in which poor people are exploited to give us this comfortable life mm-hmm how how do we participate in and I'm saying we, in general and sort of in in, in the class in the in the class structure? How do people in the middle class perpetuate the hard work myth? Like we're part of the problem is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. <laughs> because we perpetuate that myth, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's going to be up to us to like change the way we think about it. I think as individuals, if we're going to have any hope of creating equity for everyone in this society and not perpetuating that imbalance. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it really does. And there's like two ways to approach it, right? Like, so one way is how do you, like what services do you use in your life and what is your relationship with those? Like, mm. I don't know. I've always intuitively understood that using like Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever mm. is uh, is immoral, mm. you know? I, I, I believe that to be true because services like that are not meant to do anything but enrich the venture capital-backed companies mm. that, are, that are running them, mm-hmm. you know? And the way that they, like they, they don't ever generate a genuine profit on their own. And the there's two things they can do. One, they can attract more venture capital, and two, they can exploit their workers and downwardly depress their wages, and they right. can steal their tips and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, And and they do. Like, this is uncontroversial and just generally understood. Like, Mm -hmm. people who are working for DoorDash, people who are working for Uber Eats, people who are working, like, across that whole service sector are being exploited. Yeah. And I don't feel good about participating in that. Right. You know? However, there is also another part of this that I do participate in, and it feels squishier to me, and that's Amazon. Simply because Amazon has forced so many sort of smaller, more localized businesses out of existence that mm-hmm. in some cases, the only option is to get something from Amazon. Right. You know, or from Walmart, which is kind of like the physical, you know, Amazon, but with fewer <laughs> choices. But, you know, when you think about like mergers and acquisitions and how those things ripple across the economy, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it tends to do is to either crowd out or just shut out, or in many cases, it is mm-hmm. buy local business lines so they can fold them into their lines of business mm-hmm. and just keep growing, right? Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of cases, like Walmart in smaller towns or Amazon in bigger places is unavoidable, which means then that, you know, the there there's two ways to approach something like this. Like you can either do it with personal choice and by not supporting those companies, mm-hmm. or you can do it with, uh, with policy and with regulation, mm-hmm. you yep. know? And I think in a lot of cases you know, accepting that, you know, people do like these conveniences. Okay, that's fine. Uber Eats, you like like that your lunch shows up in seven minutes. Okay, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I would like that too, I'm sure. (laughs) Actually, I wouldn't, I like to eat at home, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Point being, I understand that there's a, a place for that. You know, yeah. I understand. There's a place also for Uber and for Lyft and for all these other like internet-based services that really have made our lives very convenient. But they need to be strongly regulated in a way that benefits the people doing the work at those companies, right. so they're no longer being exploited. I'm so with you. If we can remove the exploitation from that paradigm, mm-hmm. then it would be all good.
0: Right. So here's my here's my thought after hearing you t- say all that, which I think is all right on. Like to get to the point where we are not just willing, but like Motivated to work for policy that that removes that layer of exploitation, right? I'm proposing this idea that we need to liberate ourselves mm-hmm. from the myths of hard work in our own lives, mm. or the myth of hard work. I need a better word for that because, like, the the myth of the myth of work <laughs> that mm. we the, the mythology we have around that
1: work being the the end the all end and all. be all. We
0: yeah. need to liberate ourselves from that. Mm-hmm as a starting place to begin to understand that others don't owe us their work. Yeah, right. In the way that they in the in the jobs they're doing which in which they're being exploited for yeah. our comfort.
1: If you're a business owner, your employees don't owe you their work. And also if you're a consumer, yes. those people who are bringing you your Uber Eats don't owe you their labor right. either. Right. So my point And you're not and what you're paying is not a fair market price for that. Mhm. That's where the exploitation right, comes right, in.
0: Right, right, right. But I but I really am wanting to kind of like hone in on this idea of Liberating ourselves as individuals from that myth as a starting place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanna, I'm gonna circle back to that theme in a moment. Uh, but before I do, I'm taking another little journey into this other thing that came across our radar this week. Actually, it was because of the movie, the film "20th Century Women." Yeah, that we in part of the movie, they they this this household is sort of gathered around watching a portion of a speech that Jimmy Carter gave in 1979. Yeah, uh, the speech has a title; it's the "Crisis of Confidence" mm-hmm.
1: speech. Also, sometimes referred to in the popular culture as the Malaise speech.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this moment in the film, it it worked really well for the film's purposes, but it also just spoke to so much of this current moment in our society, like how many decades later, you know? Well, because
1: for context people, so like this speech, Jimmy Carter gave this, the the backstory is that he was supposed to give a 4th of July speech in 1979. He didn't do it. He called it off at the last minute. Rumors were swirling. Is he gravely ill? It turns out that he had just felt that the speech he had planned was not, Appropriate to meet the moment. Because in 1979, there was this massive energy crisis. There was mm-hmm. an oil shortage. There right. wasn't much domestic production. Uh, OPEC sort of had us over a barrel, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> was it an oil barrel? Hey. And so, you know, he really felt that, like, a bigger speech was required to meet that bigger okay. moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made the speech on July 15th. And, uh, you know, it's funny because in the movie, mm-hmm. like, you see people watching this and then, you know, so, so there's a couple of, like, Old, like 40 year old disillusioned kind of characters, guys in, yeah, in this yeah. movie. And one was like, well, he's toast. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and that is actually how it went down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he gave a very humanist, very deep, very thoughtful, very feeling speech. Uh, but that's just not where the country's head was at at all. And he was, of course, the next year roundly defeated uh, by Ronald Reagan, which then, of course, ushered in the next 40 years that we have experienced of neoconservatism in this right. country and, and the ruinous. Path, the the greed-based and ultimately ruinous path that that's put us on both economically and culturally in this country.
0: Okay, so with that great history lesson Mm. in the time after Jimmy Carter's speech, let me, can I just read, I think you have part of it recorded, but there's a part right before it that I want to share because it was was appropriate to this conversation and then you can can play what you've got recorded.
1: I actually recorded it off the television because it was so powerful <laughs> I know, me. right?
0: Yeah. We, we actually, after the film was over, we looked up the speech and watched it in its entirety because we wanted to hear all, <laughs> the whole thing, right?
1: Yeah. and it's like an hour long. We watched an hour-long political speech from 1979 because we're, we're, we're those people. We're those people,
0: for sure. So here's, I'm just, this is a little, a couple of excerpts before the part that you recorded. Um, he says, too many of us now tend to worship self-indulgence and consumption. Human identity is no longer defined by what one does, but by what one owns. But we've discovered that owning things and consuming things does not satisfy our longing for meaning. Mm. (sighs) The prophet Jimmy Carter. I know. We've learned that piling up material goods cannot fill the emptiness of lives which have no confidence or purpose. Mm. What can we do? First of all, we must face the truth and then we can change our course.
1: We are at a turning point in our history. There are two paths to choose. One is a path I've warned about tonight, the path that leads to fragmentation and self-interest. Down that road lies a mistaken idea of freedom,
0: the right to grasp for ourselves some advantage over others. That path, would be one of constant conflict between narrow
1: interest, ending in chaos and immobility.
0: It is a certain route to failure.
1: Dang. Yeah. And indeed, that's what happened.
0: And is continuing to be what is happening. Yeah. You know, we are fragmented, and we've found that, like, this clamoring for stuff, or this clamoring for... A particular place in in the hierarchy of society doesn't fulfill, you know, and and and, and- there, it's all myths. We've all believed myths that that if we just get to this place in our lives, then we'll be fulfilled. And then when we get there, and that doesn't it doesn't turn out to be true, then we have to figure out who to blame for that, and it leads to more finger pointing and flag- fragmentation and divisiveness, and it's just. We're ruining ourselves. Yeah. We're absolutely ruining ourselves.
1: Yeah, and that constant competition between narrow interests mm. that he forecast, mm. I mean, if you look now to, like, what our political system is, it's two parties that, generally speaking for the last 40 years, have been essentially the same thing, except one is bigots about, like, like gay stuff, and one isn't. You know what I mean? And, like, that's been basically that's that's been basically our political system two parties that are essentially the same neither of which including the democratic party is particularly concerned about the plight of poor people or about redressing any of this economic inequality stuff at any kind of systemic level because both parties have been so completely captured by corporations and corporate interests
0: yeah i will say that there i that there are some Democratic politicians who are trying to change that about sure. the party—they're not succeeding. And they're
1: all, oh, and there always have been. I mean, the '60s were a right. thing. There was like that movement in the '70s, but they've only ever been a fringe minority. And as much as we like to think that there is progress, there is progress in the populace in our country. Yeah, like our country has moved steadily mm-hmm. leftward as far as like social issues go. But our but our Democratic politicians, our country's politicians, generally speaking, have not kept pace with that at all.
0: Can I go back to what you were just saying? Uh, you you requoted him saying the the. Uh,
1: um, narrow competition or, or, or con- constant competition between narrow interests.
0: Constant conflict between narrow interests. Yes, and that is true on a governmental level, right? Is it also not true on a personal level, of, in all the ways we've been talking about how we stack ourselves up against each other in our society? Like, my my narrow interest might be that I want food real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: And therefore, I'm willing to ex- participate in the exploitation of a worker that's not getting paid enough to do that job to bring me my food real fast. Yeah. Like there is like we participate in that constant conflict of narrow interest, and and that brings me back again to this idea that like it, it and what Jimmy Carter says too. First of all, we must face the truth, and then we can change our course. Yeah. And I think that this this has to begin with each of us facing the truth of this in our own lives. You know, uh, uh, we had a, a, the, the last the last thing that came across my radar that seemed to fit in this general umbrella of discussion that I wanted to talk about today was um, one, another one of our Misfit stars, Whitney, uh, is a wonderful writer. And we've subscribed to the newsletter that she puts out called uh, Documental. And she just always has some really, thought provoking ideas and she's yeah. she's the kind of person who is like us actually in a lot of ways sort of publicly working out her ideas and new ideas and learning and unlearning mm-hmm. about how the world is shaped and how we can move forward you know like yeah. she's I, I really appreciate her courage in that in that she she does not approach this as a i've got all the answers listen to me <laughs> she's she approaches it as Here's some ideas that are interesting to me. I'm working through some stuff.
1: I'll put a link to Whitney's uh, Substack, her documental uh, in the newsletter, ma- in the show notes. Oh,
0: great, thank you for that. But she had she would written a newsletter this week that really resonated with me and a lot of friends, and we ended up having a subsequent like mini conversation within the Misfit Star social network because Whitney is a Misfit Star. Yeah. How lucky are we? We are so lucky. Um, but she had written sort of this like what I latched onto in her most recent writing was this idea that. Personal internal healing via compassion and loving kindness is foundational to broader societal healing. Oh, totally. And um, and I I shared that with Whitney that I really resonated with her, and she she wrote back to me. I'm starting to think that if we focus on changing one person at a time, simply by being willing to let them not change, but to be kind to them as they are and who they are, that that is the lofty and noble goal then the rest falls into place you yeah. know um, and and that really resonated with me because of our, like our 12 step background mm-hmm. you know central to 12 step recovery is this idea that each of us has the power to change ourselves and we have the power to change literally no one else besides ourselves yeah right you know and so when you think about societal change that becomes kind of it seems problematic if <laughs> you can't like change other people that yeah. you're ever going to get society to change but but so much strife and pain in our own lives result from our futile attempts to try to control or change other people. Yeah. I mean, I know that personally. It's like <laughs> the root of my codependency, you know, is mm-hmm. the pain of my codependency comes from the strife that it creates when I have tried to control and and change other people. Right. Uh, but the flip side is that there is immense power, which I've realized in my own life, and I believe probably is... is uh, extrapolatable is that a word mm-hmm. <laughs> to a broader sort of societal sense but there's immense power in in letting go of that which lies outside our power to change mm-hmm. and focusing our energy on changing the things we can yeah starting with ourselves but i also think that this includes building power with others to make that policy change that reflects our values that makes a society that reflects our values but we have to start It has to start as an inside job.
1: Yeah, right. And it has to start with like being willing to unflinchingly look at yourself and your motivations and where you're at and, you know, what your fears are and what your hopes are Mm -hmm. and like really get honest about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really, it's interesting. I'm seeing a real connection between that and between that quote that you just Mm -hmm. shared uh, from Jimmy Carter. And also between a central quote from the James Baldwin movie that we watched just last week, which is not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what Jimmy Carter was saying in that speech. Absolutely. this all just kind of ties together.
0: It really does. It really does. And so I think I'm just left, I I, I don't have a summary statement, I think, but I have a a summary set of questions Mm. for us. Because I think that probably... (laughs) my answers to these questions don't apply to you and they don't apply to whoever might be listening right now.
1: No, the point is that everyone has to arrive at them on their own.
0: Everybody's got to do this work. Yeah. You know, but also, um, in before I share this sort of summary set of questions, uh, in my com- in my conversation with Whitney, our conversation, we were both talking to her in the Misfit Stars social network. She shared this video about this, this man who has studied um, ancient civilizations and there are like there's this this prophecy that come that that exists among lots of ancient civilizations like we're talking thousands of years old prophecies you yeah. know and
1: from like total like different parts of the world that would not have been in contact with one another 8000 years mm-hmm. ago
0: and you know everybody's got their own journey with with the idea of spirituality or religion or astrology or whatever however you want to attach yourself to mm-hmm. this thing that's going on that's bigger than us mm-hmm. out there <laughs> you know um i understand that everybody's everybody's relationship with that is different but it was at least interesting to me to like to listen to this idea that there's this prophecy about this idea that that there is but we are potentially right now in sort of the the date stamp of human history where we are in 2021 potentially in a period of of there being a a sort of a global shift in consciousness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've heard this from various sources, you know, and and I don't exactly know what that all means.
1: By the way, people, Shan doesn't mean this in like a conspiracy theory way. Like when she says heard it from different sources, she just means it's an idea that's out there broadly speaking right now.
0: Yeah, I hear people say a lot that there's something shifting, right? Okay, and... And and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be like woo woo about stuff, but I'm just I'm just stating what I've observed mm-hmm. as people have you know. And I would like to believe that that's true. I would like to believe that there is something li- shifting.
1: It's definitely shifting. I think what you would like to believe is that it's going to shift for the positive.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's a good point. Because
1: I mean, it could go either way. And that's part of what this, they were saying in these prophecies. Yes, Like that's There's true. a time when the condor, like the metaphor is that like the condor represents like one part of humanity and the eagle represents the other part. Like The condor is more like the heart and the eagle's more like the head and like one is peaceful and feminine and one is warlike and masculine. And they diverged and went on two different, Paths for the last eight thousand years, but apparently, right now, the prophecies say they're coming back together, and it could be a time when they destroy each other, or it could be a time when they reconcile, and that's what's happening right now. Right, but like the prophecies don't say what they think is going to happen; it's, they just say that this is where we're at right now. We're
0: at a. We're at Jimmy Carter would say we're at a turning point in our history. Mm-hmm. Even he's, <laughs> that's what he said in his speech, yeah. right? So that being said, like we have the potential, and uh, th- honestly, we've just been through this global pandemic; we're still in it. Right? Yeah. Uh, the, the world is still in a pandemic. If this is not an opportunity to shift, I don't, I like if this. This is the most obvious <laughs> yeah. opportunity been, to shift. Everything's already been shaken up. Right. Why
1: not like realign it in a better way? Right. I mean, the obvious answer is narrow business interests. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very small number of very, very wealthy people who would very much prefer things go back to the way they were because they were making a ton of money and had so much power.
0: But I think that there might, maybe are, maybe there are a critical mass of us that don't want to just go back to the way things were. Maybe there's a critical mass of us who are looking inward and doing these, asking these questions. What does this life mean to me? Yeah. What does, what do I want my life to mean? And, and like... I mentioned this during our anti-racist book and movie club too. Do you know the idea of fractals? Do you know what? Yes. You know what the fractals are. And I don't have like a definition of it, but like... It's a recurring mathematical pattern. Thank you. But it starts with a very small shape or pattern... Yeah. that if anyone
1: you, who's over like the age of 30 like there was a poster on someone's some friend's wall when you were a kid <laughs> mm-hmm. that was fractals and it's just like a mathematical pattern that just like just evolves around and around and around itself growing out and ever bigger
0: right if you repeat it mm-hmm. as you, as it repeats itself it becomes a larger version of itself yep over and over and over again and i think that maybe that's what We are (laughs) like our little each of our individual little human spirit is is one of the smallest portions of that fractal. Mm -hmm. Right. And what we do in terms of evaluating and reevaluating and defining and redefining what our lives are all about and what we consider valuable matters because that gets replicated and grows bigger and becomes part of this potential shift. Like, so the the summary questions that I wrote down are just like, if we're becoming unwilling to define ourselves or our lives and our value on the old things anymore, on the old myths, then what are the questions that we can ask ourselves to determine what does define us? What is valuable Mm -hmm. to spend our time and energy on? And what are we all about? Like, those are the questions um, I know That you were making fun of me earlier about the idea that like we'll each have our own journey, but we'll end up at the same place. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like this is that's going to look different for everybody, but it's essential that it's essential that we each participate in that individual work because I think it I think it does have the potential to bring us all to some place better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can exist in that someplace better together um, and maybe be more fulfilled. Yeah. And maybe feel like we're actually part of something meaningful, you know? I like it. So those are the thoughts I've been having this week. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and you know, me too, like yeah, you, I, I, know. I, I saw the Jimmy Carter piece. I read the Ezra Klein piece. I've also been synthesizing this stuff. Um, I'm glad you wanted to talk about it. It's interesting how much stuff is out there right now, just that all points in the same direction. It's really interesting.
0: I completely agree with you. Yeah. And speaking of that, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have something I want to offer that points in this direction or I have a thought on anything that you've talked about today, we would love to hear it. Yes, we would. Um, If you are part of the Misfit Stars community, that would be a great place to pop in your ideas, your thoughts. If you're not, then what the fuck? (laughs) If you're not yet in the Misfit Stars community, but this feels like a valuable conversation, this is the stuff for which the community is created, is to actually get to have these conversations. And so we would love for you to be part of the community. Go to MisfitStars.com slash join. Uh, If you don't want to join but you just want to support the work that Jamie and I are doing mm-hmm. uh, because you feel like it's meaningful, then you go to misfitstars.com slash support. Yeah. It'll take you to the same page, but <laughs> your motives will you be You know, different.
1: they're different pages and the verbiage is slightly different. Oh, is it really? To okay. appeal to each person who thinks of themselves in those ways. I love it. But the end result is the same. But here's the deal. <laughs> if you go to the slash support page, I will send you an invitation to oh, the yeah, social network. And you can just be like, screw that. I'm not a joiner. That's why I went to slash support. I am not doing your stupid social network. You just—I'm just giving you my money. Screw you.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But hey, you know, on the topic of today, like the topic of like what it is, putting our energy toward the things that we value. If this podcast, if this community is something that you value, and you are able to put some support toward it, we just would ask that you do that. Um, Thank and you. Misfitstars.com/slash/support. Thank you. Well, I'm pooped. How about you? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean. It's hard to think about things. It's hard to think. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking and talking is hard right now. No, I'm glad you want to talk about this. Yeah. It's good.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for spending your time with us today. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, I, I'm sure we'll be back next week.
1: There was like a little cardigan in that statement. It sounded like.
0: <laughs> the Mr. Rogers cardigan. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think about it every, every single week. That's great. <laughs> and you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But we will be back again next week. And until then, I, um, I just ask that you be good to yourselves and be good to each other.
1: Yeah. All right, love you guys. (laughs) See you soon,
0: bye.